This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB Public Media app. Radio and today, amongst the things we'll talk about, the future of TikTok bans. The state of Montana has put out a massive, overreaching ban on TikTok. But is it? There's a lot to think about with companies uh, like TikTok's parent Tencent and their connection to the Chinese government. It's very vague. We must watch our steps carefully uh, as a country here in the United States. And um, the last couple of administrations have taken different routes. We could talk about that and what actually the danger is of a company like TikTok and a, or an app like TikTok and a company like Tencent. Uh, I've broken my outlook this morning uh, or last night, actually, Jeremy. Uh, so there you go. Uh, it, outlook wanted me to do the update. And I did. And then it... Uh, I don't know. A bunch of stuff went away, and I can't figure out how to undo it. it makes me feel dumb. But anyway, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Jake. <laughs> uh, so, uh, do you actually want help with that? Uh, well, I mean, uh, it would be awesome, but we've we've we got some folks here. <laughs> uh, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to go around. I just have to try. Right, absolutely. I mean, I it's in your nature. I tell if you were looking for a little bit of assistance there, like you were fishing for some help, because you know you've got the right show. Right, right. Well, is, what's funny is, is I I tried to in in the immediacy I tried to do a workaround, uh, basically just try to create a rule, <laughs> and, and then they were like, "Hey, what are you trying to do with your email?" And I'm like, uh, "Nothing. Never mind. Don't worry about it." <laughs> and just stop messing with it till today. So anyway. uh, when when I worked uh, in a bigger corporation, uh, Outlook was probably my least favorite thing to uh, to help people fix. So. I don't want to help you fix it anyway. There you go. It is. I, I, I am. Um, <laughs> it's probably something I should have or could have done like, I don't know, six months or a year ago. The, the new UI. It, there's a lot of intrigue and a lot of cool looking things, but it's going to it's going to take time. It's I, I don't know the, the, the rollout and all of these new services that you can do. It's cool. It's very all in one. But man, it became from an email client to like an all in one productivity app. And that's a lot of education that you're going to have Change. to send a bunch of people through. And that's a whole bunch of new stuff they're all going to have to learn at once. I don't know if every company and every person at every company is excited about learning a whole bunch of new stuff just to do the same email work they were doing before. I can imagine that they are just absolutely riveted and ready Everybody loves new software, especially when all you did was just update the old one. Right. That is the best feeling in the world when you turn your machine on and nothing is familiar. And I know IT people have to love <laughs> basically having to mandate this upon the people eventually at some point or another. But yeah, it's a you know a love hate relationship. It's yeah. it's more hate for sure. <laughs> I would say. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of IT guys don't have the patience to sit there with the end user and do what I do, which is kind of why I do this, because um, there are a lot of people that need help 
with these types of things and they need somebody who can speak it in a an intelligible enough way uh, to help them understand it or at least get a better grasp of it. And I, I try to do that as best I can. I know I've been on here a few times shouting about BIOS updates and whatnot. People are like, what is he talking about? <laughs> that's, yeah. Well, when I get to BIOS, that's when I start Googling stuff. Anyway, but uh, we got a lot to dig into today. A lot of fun stuff to talk about. Some interesting things to think about. Uh, Montana has put out a, uh, a grandiose ban on TikTok. I mean, across the board, this is illegal here now. And if your app store continues to make these apps available to Montanans, I guess that's what you call them, um, you, your app store could get you Google Play and, and iTunes store uh, $10,000 fines per day. I don't know if a state can enforce something like that. That sure is grandiose in its execution. But um, I don't even know if it, whether it's enforceable or not. There's already been articles about this. But uh, it is interesting uh, that there are some states, I don't know, maybe this is a Dutton thing. Uh, there are some states that feel like TikTok and its parent company Tencent are dangerous enough threats. Or maybe, not not necessarily that it's a dangerous enough threat, but the vagueness of Tencent's arrangement or lack thereof or agreement with the Chinese government just makes it, and I, I can totally see, I know sometimes uh, maybe um, liberal-leaning folks see this as like a conservative political ploy or play, and I, anything with politics has something to do with that, regardless of what party. I understand that, certainly. But I do get that there are a lot of mm, unanswerable questions about things like Tencent and TikTok and WeChat, which is their app over there in China, which has more than a billion users, and the average user time per day is like more than four hours per person, which is twice the amount of the average social media use that Americans use on all platforms combined. That is a frightening right. amount of use. And it's because basically what they did is they made one app that every other app connects into. Basically, they made a, they made a platform out of an app that every other thing lives underneath if you live in China. And they basically made it where if you want to have a social life, you better have that app, you know, or you're living in the dark ages still. And I, I get that that's frightening and that's not what we want to have here. But... You know, that, that company has rights to sell things. And so I know that's that's a 30,000 foot view. And I hit you with all this stuff at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday. But it's we're talking about tech here. There's a lot to consider here. And we can talk about that a little bit later on in the show as well. But uh, and in the meantime, if you're thinking about it, Google this Montana ban. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. In the meantime, a couple of things I want to talk to Jeremy about, about what he's been doing this week. What's been going on uh, in, in your world of consumer technology repair? Well, you know, the usual things are broken and I fix them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I've got one story I can I can definitely share that was uh, pretty frustrating. And I, I this is something I've encountered before, but I just I don't know. Um, I was setting up a printer for a client this weekend and I'm going through making sure, you know, you hit print. It prints. 
It does. All right. Step one, taken care of. Uh, but it's got a scanner. So uh, I want to test out the scanner. And I go to uh, install. Well, okay. So you use the HP smart app to install the printer. So you go through that app in order to uh, scan things. And when you go into the app and you hit scan, it tells you that you have to have an HP account in order to scan. And I was just kind of taken aback by that, you know, because I, I, I don't think that's a necessary thing to require your users to do. In fact, I think it's a like it's it's ridiculous at this point. All the information gathering and 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 requirements that we have to do some very basic things, and it's like they've become the gatekeepers for very simple processes like scanning. And my client is a, a senior citizen who would definitely not have any idea why you know when he hit scan. Why he couldn't scan on his yeah. brand new printer. Hit the scan button. Make a scan. So um, I found that really frustrating. And um, no doubt. HP and uh, tech companies in general, I, you know, they need to do better. Uh, they don't, they need to be facilitators, not gatekeepers. Absolutely. Uh, it's super frustrating. I, 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 I don't remember ever having to do that, you know, before. Uh, within the last, I guess, five years or so. But it's so weird coming from the the beginnings of all this, like the, the mass adoption into the world with technology. And to watch it take this step backwards is, is confusing and frustrating. Why is, no, it, I wasn't why is like, it? It wasn't like, hey, Jeremy, uh, we want to hear you rant about this. But it's just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, tell me why it's confusing to you. I, that's interesting. It's intriguing. No, I, I don't disagree with you, but I, I want to know why to you it's confusing. Why you would use that word specifically? Uh, because uh, the word confusing is is a perspective. Yeah, yeah. For the average user, and if you haven't bought a printer in the last five years, then you can probably still just hit scan, and it'll just scan like it always did, and you didn't have to have an account to do it. Now, they've always tried to get you to sign up for an account, but it is blatantly obvious that there's not a lot of adoption on that end. And that's why they have to go through this draconian, well, what I believe is draconian method of requiring you to have an account. Like, what if they didn't even have the internet, but they still wanted to scan stuff? Right. It, there, there's these companies make all these assumptions about their end users without actually even understanding what it is that most of us do with these things. And we don't bring them into our house so that you can track every time we click print. That's it, the it, thing. Like my, the whole my mind immediately goes to work on thinking about, man, okay, I've already bought the printer. You already got my money. Do you need mm-hmm. my data also? Yes. You know, and yes, obvious, they do. obviously the, the answer to that is duh. Data has become the new lifeline for a tech company. And I've heard from many different people who have recently bought new devices. Uh, my buddy Alan, he bought a, a Samsung tablet and he said it took him over an hour to get it set up because it wanted all this information before he could do it. 
Yeah, so these things I can, are I can attest to that. I, I got a Samsung Galaxy Tab A for Christmas, so I can attest to that that setting up process. Yeah. Well, we've reached this this point where the tech is no longer that exciting. There's not much more we can do with a phone camera, you guys. So these companies are scrambling for revenue, and they're using us way more aggressively than they used to. So I get the ban. Um, I, I get the, uh, the, the mindset behind it. But, yeah, we've, we've been talking about information security and the value of privacy since I started doing this show. Absolutely, yeah. And it hasn't gotten much better. Um, your phone will definitely ask you, like, hey, do you want to give your location away? But, again, the average user has already been uh, – what's the way – what's a good way to put it? Baked into this mindset that we have to make all these agreements with our device – in order to use it. I think we've reached a, a pivotal point where this isn't going to stand for much longer. You don't think so? So what's going to no. what's going to pull it back? Oh, I don't have an answer to that question, but I think that people are going to stop using this stuff. Mm. We already don't like I mean, I'm not saying like no, nobody. Is I don't know. I think we're trapped. Their phone in the garbage. I feel like we are creatures of habit and convenience, and I feel like part of this is being trapped into convenience. And so, they, after I've bought the printer, I've already spent the money and brought it home and unpacked it and unboxed it and maybe tried to read a couple of these panes of the information, uh, the setup, the instructions, and then I just plug the thing in the wall and I just want to. You know, I just want it to scan something, please. And so at this point, if it wants my email address in order to get something to scan, yep, okay. Especially if it was one of these issues where somebody goes to Walmart just because he needs to have one thing scanned and bought a scanner to scan one thing. So now he's gotten his car and he's gone. He's driven off to the Walmart or whatever the box store is closest to your house. He buys this thing for more than he feels like it's worth because he only wants to do one thing. Maybe he's not handling it the right way. Maybe there's places you can go and get something scanned instead of just going and buying one. He brings it home. He pulls it out of the box. And the first thing he gets is, hey, sign up for an HP account or log in with your HP account. I don't, do I even have one of those? Can I do it with Google? Why, yes, you can. All right, fine. Hit the button. Just log in, log me with Google. I still just want to scan something. So I, I see... I, I, to me, I feel like this is something that's a leverage of convenience by big tech companies. Well, it, it, again, it's it's an obvious scramble for revenue. You know, before it was, OK, we're going to milk you to death for the print cartridges. OK, that's that's fine. I, I print a lot. <laughs> I should pay for the ink. Yeah. But the trade off with the information that's that's a different story. Uh, and I'm not saying that, like, tech is going anywhere. Obviously, I'm kind of dependent upon it myself. And, I, you know, I've, I've watched it become more and more prevalent in people's lives. I was addicted to it when people still thought it was a nerdy, stupid thing that only, you know, <laughs> uh, sci-fi fans did, you know. And that, that's not – I'm not trying to box anybody in there, but I, I receive scrutiny myself. Because I spent so much time on the computer as a kid. So I know that it's not going anywhere. 
but there is a growing niche of people who do not like this. Certainly. And, and that's, that's not, that's not going anywhere. Well, I, I think the, di- the differentiation is, is that, I mean, I don't like, I don't think anybody likes that, but I think it's, are you bothered by it enough to jump off the train. And I think for a, for a lot of people, it's just not quite inconvenient enough to do something about it. But you know what? I hope I'm 100% wrong, and I hope you're 100% right. We'll see. It's, uh, it's definitely one of those things that we just have to watch and see what happens. But I know that there is a, a younger generation of people that are looking for retro devices. And I I can't say whether or not it's the whole intrusive data collecting thing or maybe it's just a hip thing to old and old Game Boy that doesn't have Wi-Fi, predates Wi-Fi by quite a lot. Yeah. But those people exist and their numbers do seem to be growing because I hear more and more about the desire for older technology. Absolutely. And look, there's there's something about the retro craze and, and that nostalgia, like you were saying, maybe those things can play into each other. There are some things that will never come back though. We, uh, we cannot go back to single core processing. We just, we just can't do it. People. Let's not do that. In my opinion, a lot of the, the going back to physical media and retro stuff is that you own the physical media so that when you have, some streaming site that takes it off like you you're paying attention you're watching it on some streaming like netflix or something like that yeah netflix takes it off you still have it you still own the physical media of it Mm -hmm. but whereas you know any streaming site can just decide it's gone whenever they feel like it so last year snoop dogg did that with his first album when he was known as snoop doggy dog and i believe that was tied up with you know suge knight and death row records and all that well, he got the rights to that, and he immediately took it off of every streaming platform and turned it into a stupid NFT. <laughs> and I was pretty ticked about it because I listened to a lot of songs from that album, and I couldn't find it anymore. And just this weekend, I had that same conversation with my wife. I said, look, I want to go to the record store, and I want to get some physical albums because if – you know, one of my favorite bands just decides, okay, we're pulling all of our stuff or it gets tied up in a lawsuit or well, who knows what. Like there's so much that we've given away for this convenience. And I just think that I want to go back to storing stuff on my hard drive and streaming it locally to my own devices rather than being tied into all this cloud-based stuff. I do think that – and this is an interesting conversation because I, I do believe as – Technology who, who is about that, to. That was Abram Nanny. He is our uh, engineer. Well, we need uh, an introduction. I mean, come on, you can't. Sorry just about that. <laughs> well, yeah, that's start. right. I had not introduced <laughs> Abram uh, proper to uh, the program because uh, Java Chapman is usually our uh, our show engineer or has been in the past. And uh, but that's Abram Nanny. You've heard him pop up on a lot of the shows, and he's. Uh, a new part of our radio department and is uh, engineering everyday tech this morning. Yeah, been a whole month now. A whole month. Wow. So, yeah, that is um, uh, very interesting what we're talking about here. And and as as I believe technology is about to drag people forward, whether they want to in a lot of ways, a lot of facets in their life at the speed of light, like we're going to move faster than we can comprehend. 
I think to your point, Jeremy, I think there's a lot of people who are super uncomfortable with how fast we're about to start moving with technology that are going to be grasping for comforts of old school. So I feel like nostalgia, even though nostalgia is already a big thing, of course, it's a big emotion. I think I think we might get, you know, a huge dump of uh, uh, passion for nostalgia and, you know, old school and turning back the clock even more than we have now, because, you know, our brains are about to be exposed to abilities with AI technology and all this kind of stuff that we, I don't know, it's going to move faster than we're even capable of thinking about how fast it can move. Anyway, all right, let's go to the phones. Let's start it with David today in Oxford. David, thanks for calling. Good morning. What's going on? Yeah, well, uh, I've also had my fun with Hewlett-Packard printers. Initially, <laughs> yeah, well, mine, mine, I think, is one step worse than what you hit, or, or about the same level. Uh, initially, just to install a printer, I discovered that I had to actually have it connected to the Internet. And... Uh, use the HP Smart application to install a printer, and that's a laser printer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've been doing this uh, at the university for for our department. So we got a couple of new printers in, and suddenly, oh, great, I've got to now connect. And I've got to download the latest app, and, well, I've had a few old computers, so it wouldn't work on them. Well, anyhow, that was one. The other is we got a, a new uh, inkjet uh, all-in-one and made the mistake of signing up for their uh, smart ink. Mm-hmm. Well, that's basically their ransomware. Yeah. So what happened was once uh, once the free period ran out, uh, suddenly, uh, okay, they were starting to billing us and for, reason, for separate reasons, uh, the there was an issue with the credit card, and that's how we found out that they were still billing us. So we went through and tried to cancel it again, and we did. And then we discovered that, uh, well, the smart ink that's in there, that's not our ink. That's their ink. We have uh-huh. to go buy all fresh store-bought ink. Well, we finally did, and we had it working, and I went away uh, for a trip for a week, and I get back, and the printer now is saying it's not working. Uh, it won't print because there's an issue with the billing, and we've canceled. We canceled back in March, right? So, you know, I've tried to rectify that, and if it's not working now, now it's uh, well. What do I do? It's like okay, HP, send me a new printer that's factory fresh, or how do I or how do I pull this down to factory defaults to get rid of any. Uh, possible connection to the hp and that's uh, interesting and we've talked about this before jeremy where where some printers have the technology at this point to recognize you know whether or not an ink is produced by them and it won't work if it's not their ink like and if they if they're subscribed to the hp instant ink program yeah and the printer has that that triggered on it will not use one that is not HP Instant Ink. So if you well, switched out the ink, you've got to you've got to switch that off. But it sounds like you got a whole new printer. You did uh, factory like default well, settings. Well, well, I I did the partial reset, and that's 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 the last few hours with tech, HP Tech Support was get doing the factory partial reset, and that got it to work with the to recognize that we had the new ink in it. 
mm-hmm. which is, by the way, HP Inc., but, uh, of course. but just just stuff we bought from Amazon. Yeah, just not the right ones, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so that seemed to fix it. Now it's telling me it won't copy, it won't print or anything because of some of the, the old billing issue. Yeah. So I, uh... it, it's like now I'm at the point of uh, how do I do a full factory reset to get us off so it doesn't connect to the HP Smart Inc. at all, number one. And number two, even when I tried to see what would happen if I unplugged it from the Internet to see if I could just mm-hmm. do a copy, Guess mm-hmm. what? <laughs> still wouldn't work. It still wouldn't work, and it gives a warning that oh, by the way, you won't be able to to print if you're or whatever if you're not connected to the internet. Yeah, absolutely so, absurd. Yeah. Okay. HP, so um, HP. Let me uh, let me start with your uh, laser printer issue. As far as laser printers go, unless something has changed that I'm not aware of, you can go to HP's support site and you can put in the model number for that printer. And you can get the generic PCL drivers, and those will allow you to install that printer on a computer for printing only. <laughs> but it's just one driver, and you have to you have to install it a different way. You don't use a utility. You actually go through and add it in the uh, in the printer's dialog menu in Windows. <laughs> now, regarding the instant ink kerfuffle that you're currently stuck in i i don't know what to tell you except i would um i as far as factory resetting goes you can google your model number along the road factory reset and you should find some instructions on how to do it you should also be able to log into the web interface for that printer so if you know the ip address you can open your browser and you can type the ip address right there where you would normally type google.com or whatever and uh, you can actually connect to the printer and modify some of those settings. So I recommend going into your web browser. If you know your printer's IP, go ahead and connect to it and see if you can turn the instant ink thing off and also see if you can trigger a factory reset from within that menu. But as far as going through the printer itself and going through HP, Godspeed, sir. Um, I wish you the <laughs> best of luck. Um uh, no, I, I, would, I, I've, I've I would spent certainly try to connect tens to of it. hours now, you know, yeah. ten, oh, ten plus yeah. hours dealing with this. Uh, it's it's very difficult. Um, it, it's very frustrating for the people on the other end of the phone that are trying to help you but have limited resources and things change a lot. I have gotten real with the people at HP, and they have also gotten real with me. They don't like most of this stuff. They just have to live with it. They're just tier one support. So um, I would try to connect over the web browser and see if you can modify the settings from there. And if you can't, then just Google the settings on uh, or the uh, the instructions on how to factory reset it. Yeah, well, it's that or I tell HP, oh, well, we've got a printer that's not printing. Uh, send us a new one. It's yeah, still under warranty. Um, I hate to say it, but uh, I would I would not... I would not go the HP route. Uh, they used to have good printers, and these days, I just I just don't know anymore. Um, I have a brother printer, and I've recently set up some brother printers, and I can say that those were much less frustrating to work with. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Brother printers. Yeah, they live up to their name, and they're bros. 
All right. Something to, to take a look at right there. And that's, I'm going to write that down if I can, if I had a piece of paper in front of me. Uh, I mean, you know, this doing is doing a show this about printers. We, we, need to, to we need to readdress printers, evidently. I mean, it's a super simple thing. No one ever thinks about it, but, you know, you're the guy that fixes stuff. And you're like, you know what? I don't know about printing right now. And I, you know what? I host the tech show. I don't know about printing either. Well, I, I just I hit don't print know about anything it anymore. You know? I don't know about anything anymore, Jay. I mean, I learn new stuff all the time. Oh, they're doing that now? Right. Oh, we have to do this to do this? It's so ridiculous. Fast. So fast. Like I said, they've become gatekeepers yeah. for all these things. Yep, yep. And we've been talking about, uh, in passing a little bit, this uh, TikTok ban that Montana has set up. And TikTok has sued them back. Anyway, it's, it's essentially a full across-the-board ban of TikTok for anyone who is a Montanan. We can talk about uh, the legality of that, why Montana feels like they've, uh, that they are, you know, within uh, a, a safe reach of government doing this. And what TikTok has to say about that, I want to hear what you have to say about that as well. If you are a Mississippian, do you have TikTok on your phone? If Tate Reeves came out tomorrow and said, if you're a Mississippian, you can't have TikTok no more. What would you think about that? Would that frustrate you? Would you think that that would be an overreach from the governor? Or would you feel like he's justified? I think there's something to be said for both sides of that, which is what makes this gray issue so interesting. Uh, we have uh, Kathleen and Osaka on the phone. Kathleen, thanks for calling. Good morning. Good morning, guys. I want you to know I listen a lot. I don't call in because I'm not that up on uh, working computers and all, but I understand the whole process. It's just that I think, well, how do we put it? Release the hounds uh-huh. because they're coming. Uh, I just don't believe all this sharing information to make a text or a, a copy or this or that. There's no reason. It's just like uh, getting going to a big box store and you're checking an item out. You're paying cash, but they want your phone number. I said, I'm not giving it to you. I said, well, why? Everybody does. I said, I don't. (laughs) How are you going to do when you return it? I said, well, when you hand me that receipt, I'm going to keep it. These people, we have no way of getting a receipt from them. and They come up on your phone, and it's the most ridiculous stuff. And they want you to answer these surveys. Uh, I don't want to answer the surveys. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if I say what I want, they don't want me calling in. Well, everybody got a survey. Yeah, that big thing, like we say in French, croissade. Uh. It means what it is. They're going to get what it is. So I don't like the AI. Uh, I just think it's an overcompensation. I went to a doctor's office, you know, and they've got all this computers and technology. And my opinion, uh, you've got exactly between 10 and 12 minutes with a doctor that you pay an hour for. So you've got to try to get it out. And so I can't take it today. My computer's down. Well, it cost me $300 in transportation to get there and back. We're going to do something. Come on. So I had a convincer, you've got a pen. You've got a paper. We are losing that whole control, and it's going on its own speed. It'll be like the Internet. We had no rules when it started, and now we're trying to cover our backside. So we're we're allowing this to happen, and it's not going to be little. They're going to be into 
the talking machine that tells you when you need milk in the refrigerator. It's going to be there, and you won't be able to get rid of it. And to whose advantage? Not the little people. It'll be in the favor of the conglomerates and the big people. And then they'll send you a sheet of legalese paper and expect you to decipher it. It's good kindling for me, but nothing else. (laughs) Kathleen, we appreciate it. You're absolutely right. And I'll tell you what, that's uh, the thing about it. Boy, if if you go and buy something from CVS today, if they have to print you off a receipt, well, you better think about that row of trees that died for that receipt. Uh, to, today, my goodness, that's, that, those things. How long are those receipts at the CVS or the Walgreens and all them type of things? I think I just singled one out. They both do it pretty badly. But uh, anyway, Kathleen, we appreciate the call this morning. Uh, do you, Jeremy, ever – are you ever in a situation where you feel like you're becoming too um, tech-dependent? Like, have you ever been, like, taking a note in your phone? You're like, you know what? I need to write this down. I just – I feel like I need to connect back to the earth for a minute. And kind of like Kathleen was talking about, I'm going to grab a piece of paper and a pencil and just write something down for a minute. I find a decent balance between analog and digital. Um, I have things that I, I write down that I want to keep, like, you know, right in front of my face. I have a, a an erase board, a dry erase board in my office to make sure I stay on top of stuff. But I keep most of my notes digitally. Yeah, I do, too. And uh I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm working through right now, like how to set up different, you know, note taking or, or productivity systems like second brains mm-hmm. and things like that. That's all super fascinating. It also hangs over my head like the sort of Damocles. So I don't know how much good it's doing uh, or bad. Uh, and let's go back to the phones. Uh, up next is uh, Tom, who is in New Albany. Tom, good morning. What's going on? Uh, good morning. Uh, for your information, I'm taking my notes on uh, index cards. There you go. But, uh, <laughs> there's something to that, work. writing it down and seeing it and, and, and it not being something electronic. There's something to that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, well, it's the tactile thing, I guess. Um, I wasn't going to bring up printer things, but uh, <laughs> my brother had that situation with getting a new HP, and I had to go set him up a whole account and whatnot online. It's, it, the data miners have gotten nuts. But uh, I found a problem over two years ago, bought a cheap, and I'm talking $19 out the door, little Canon uh, M, uh, MG2522, all I wanted to do was scan with it. I had a better, bigger printer that I've had for years. It's it's functional. You plug it in the wall, you plug it into your uh, USB port. It wasn't as old as a serial port, but anyway, um, or LPT1. But anyway, it would not function until I put the ink in it. The Canon would, would just, you couldn't even install the drivers until it recognized, <laughs> oh, okay, it's all put together now. And I didn't even want to install the ink, but yeah, there you go. That's amazing. Um, my major question was, I've got, uh, first of all, why can't Windows 10 and Windows 7 home group together? <laughs> Whoa. Uh, okay, so as far as like home groups go, I never really used them. Um, you're right. better off doing your network sharing settings. And making sure that you have an account set up on each machine to allow the other computer access to that machine. Well, I mean, I, I boot my machine. It doesn't ask for a username or anything. It just, boop, it works. Right. So um, you, I recommend you set up like a, a separate user on each computer that has access to that machine. And then what you want to do is go into your file explorer and go up to uh, the 
top menu where you'll see like my computer, this PC, I don't know, it might say quick access on Windows 10. Um, do uh, two forward slashes and then the name of your computer or the computer's IP address. And right. then you can see a prompt that will come up and it'll ask you for that username and password. Put it in there. And then check the little box under there that says remember this credential, and then it will allow that computer access to those file shares. Okay. Well, I considered taking uh, one of my seven machines and just turning it into a NAS, and, and that way, um, you know, they would all have a central location for storing files because it's sure. kind of hard using sneakerware where you put it on a thumb drive and walk it to the other end of the house and put it in the other machine. Um, Definitely. I, Main reason for calling is I've got three Windows 7 machines operating in the studio, and on one I want to keep everything's wired keyboard and mouse, and I'm wanting to go wireless on a couple of the machines so that I can like move to the other side of the room with the keyboard, and you know I've got a 46 inch screen on the wall so I can yeah. because it's the studio. Uh, not unlike what y'all are sitting in. It's a recording studio. I was going to say, Tom, I want to come see, I want to come see the setup, Tom. <laughs> I can send you some photos. There you go. But, uh, if it, it, like if I put, if I've got, uh, two machines and I put wireless keyboard and mice on them, are there going to be any crosstalk? Like nah. I'm trying to type on the recorder and the playback machine is, is picking up the keystrokes. No. Um, as long as they're, Decent enough hardware, they they'll not interfere with each other. Because um, okay, they are those side by side those cheap Logitech desk. keyboard mouse combos. Those have the uh, most of them have the unifying. Uh, some of them have the two point four gigahertz. I recommend the one with the little orange star thing on the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. That's the unifying sensor. Uh, because if you lose the little adapter, you can always get another one and sync it to that device. If you have one that says 2.4 gigahertz, yeah, you lose that. You are out of luck. Yeah. Well, once they're installed, I mean, they, it's inaccessible. You know, once they're pushed right. back into the desk, well, the, the dongles aren't going to be accessible. But. Those things, I mean, they typically last forever, but they do occasionally stop working. So I would rather have one that has the security of being able to continue to use the the keyboard or mouse or whatever that I purchased. Uh, which is right. why I say go for that unifying. Right. All righty. Well, I'll uh, look into that then, and uh, good luck on solving the. Uh, as far as the TikTok thing goes, I mean, I, I've never used Ticker Talker. I've never used Twitter, <laughs> uh, Insta Slam. None of those. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. TikTok, backpack, tube sock, whatever they call it. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Uh, Tom, we appreciate the call this morning. And yeah, send us an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I, anytime somebody talks about their setup, their computer setup, it, it intrigues me because I've always, I've, I've been wanting to build a better setup for myself, but I've never had the time to really. So maybe some other folks' creativity will, I don't know motivate me somehow or another inspire inspire that's the word i'm looking for that's the word i'm looking for i have bought several of them 20 dollar canon printers he's talking about i probably have Mm -hmm. pieces to five or six of those around the house somewhere it's funny you take those things out of the box and it sounds like like one paper clip is holding every one of those parts together you know what i'm saying (laughs) like it sounds like if one thing comes loose it's just going to fly apart into every direction 
It's yeah. a twenty dollar printer. Probably will. All right, let's go back to the phones. We've got Roger in Florence. Roger, thanks for calling. Good morning. What's going on? Good morning. This is a low tech call. One you might have gotten ten years ago. <laughs> for about ten years, I have Earthlink for my email. I oh man, this is low tech. Whoo! Yeah. All right, and let's I hop in a time machine. All right. Yeah. yeah right. Earthlink. They've made a lot of improvements, so I got to give them credit. But I've been paying. Yes, sir. And, you know, and I don't know why I'm so stubborn. I just didn't want to give up my my favorite email address. Well, you've had it for so long, I mean. Yeah, that's right. So, because it's kind of a nuisance. Now, included in Earthlink is a, what do they call it? Anyway, it's it's among your preferences. You can set up a block sender list, okay? Mm-hmm. And you can block uh, email addresses, or you can block domains, I guess it is. Sure. And you just list them. Now, there's a limit of 500, so you don't want to do everybody that you don't know. Now, I get every day, uh, for every day for, I don't know, six or eight years, uh, many years, mm-hmm. I have gotten an email every day from, I mean, the from identifier is all caps, R-M-D-S-G-G. And the me- the the message, I mean, the title of the email says, uh, email list dash requires confirmation. And then it it says uh, it's from, and this is what I'd like to block, uh-huh. change me, it's change me, C-H-A-N-G-E-M-E, at change me, C-H-A-N-G-E-M-E, dot com. Now, any other email that I've gotten that I want to block, I've been able to block. Mm -hmm. I've tried repeatedly to put this one in, just like I do all the other ones, in Uh the Earthlink block sender list, and it will not take it. Now, these folks who came up with this are real (laughs) clever, I guess. It's possible possible that they're spoofing the actual name that it's coming from. I would be interested to look at the email header. If you could forward that to us, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. I could take a look at the email header and see if that's the actual domain it's coming from. Do, some, do some of these no reply email addresses, is it like, is there a way that like it just won't work on a block list or something like that? Or no, am I totally missing it? No, because the no reply comes before the actual domain name. And in 99% of the cases, that is not a legitimate email, gotcha. which is why they say don't reply to this. Of course, who actually looks at that? There you go. But yeah, it sounds to me like the uh, the domain is being spoofed in the email header. All right. How do you look at that uh, actual actual origin? Uh, forward it to me and let me see if I can oh. dig into it. Okay. Yeah, forward that email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Okay, I'll do that. It's just a nuisance, and I'm not getting. Oh yeah, it's it. I get I get texts every day from clients that are like, "How do I get rid of the spam?" And I'm like, "You don't most of the time, uh, but I might be able to help you with one." Hey, speaking domain. of texts and spam, and we appreciate the call, Roger. What what is it with the wave of text messages that will come through that are like, <laughs> "Here's here here are some I got Monday." All right, I got four of these on Monday. Haven't got one since. Didn't get one the entire weekend before. But four of these came through on Monday. 
Here's a 646 area code. Sorry, please cancel the party for me tomorrow. I need to take care of some things. Yep. All right. Party canceled for you. 646. Got it. Here's a 541 area code. Why do I have you in my address book? Who are you? Why don't I remember you? It's kind of on the nose. These are like <laughs> attempts to get you to reply. Right? Um, if I had to guess, I would say they're just kind of like fishing. Yeah. Here's an 804. This is all the responses. same day, by the way. Eric, did you get the mail? I mean, like, did you send me a guy you think named Eric an email? Interesting or are you asking me even... a guy named Eric to go outside and check my physical mail right now? It's interesting that, that they would use like a specific name in there. Like, what are the odds right? they're actually going to text a number with a guy named Eric? Right. Yeah, no, it just sounds like um, it's probably to be used to be like, oh, this isn't Eric. Oh, well, who is this? Absolutely. You know, uh, Absolutely. it's just one of those attempts to get you to respond. Don't just block it. You and, know, do the do the usual ignore it thing. Um I have seen a lot less of these since uh, I've had some updates with my uh, own text messaging app and my phone in the last couple of years, I'd say. On my older phone, I got them a lot, um, but that was before uh, the app was updated. But that's Textra on Android. And Jay, I believe you still have an iPhone, don't you? I do. When yeah. I had an Android, I used Textra once upon that's a time. That's yeah, a, a good app. It is. Yeah. It's very good. It's very, very good. Um, and it allows you cut down on those randos a hundred percent. I don't even see them anymore. Absolutely. All right, let's go back to the phones. Wayne's been super patient with us in Flowood. Wayne, thanks for hanging on. And what's going on? Um, I had a uh, Samsung S twenty um repaired. A Samsung what? This shop was S twenty. S twenty. Okay. And when I got it back, uh, the repair shop didn't steal the. It has a plastic back. Um, didn't seal it um, completely, and uh, so I took it back to him, and he said that might be a problem. But uh, the reason I took it back to him was I had dropped it, but I didn't damage it on the exterior anyway. And I told him it just it quit working, <clears throat> and I said maybe a ribbon or something. You're not know, little ribbon connection, or maybe one of the ribbons is loose or something. Mm-hmm. He repaired it. It works okay, except for one thing. It gets super hot. I can charge it with the phone off to the battery going 100%. No heat, mm-hmm. no problem. But if I turn the phone on, it immediately starts getting hot. And it's at the very bottom. It's about the size of, I would say, a diode, but it gets white hot. It burns the screen uh, down near the, the speaker where you speak into the phone. Burns um, it? Within a half inch, huh? Like it's like you said, it it burns it. Like it's left a burn mark. Shows a burn mark, but I don't leave it on very long because it's between causing a fire. But I'm wondering uh-huh. if maybe mm. maybe one of two or three situations, maybe either he bent or or uh, distorted the ribbon and um, reconnected it and the phone. Ed, no, I wouldn't sit here and speculate as to exactly what he did to your device because I mean it just sounds like something's shorting out. Uh, depending on where you took it, um, you might not have gotten a genuine part. So that might be an issue you want to address. I would definitely take it back to them and let them know that it's getting so hot that you can't even use it. Sounds like a defective screen or something. Uh, okay. 
<laughs> that sounds like not the answer you wanted, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would, I would definitely, as far as ribbon cables and all go, I don't think there's any way for him to do something to short that out unless it's like super negligent. But I mean, it sounds like the device worked and everything was fine for a little while. And then you, st- you started having the overheating issue after he fixed it the second time. I would take it back to him and I would explain, I would, I would have him examine it. And I mean, I I would be fully expecting him to say like, I I can't do anything about that, but I would at least take it back to him and try, uh, because you're, I mean, you can't even use the device for very long before it gets too hot. Like you, yeah, that's, that's a problem. He needs to at least be aware of it. Especially if it's not just like a software malfunction. If it's, if you physically can't use it, that's, that's a whole other issue. Yes. And, uh, I mean, he would want to know if he's got a bad part supplier, if someone's giving him, Ooh, great uh, point. you know, like they need to know about that. So yeah, definitely let them know. I'm not saying that they'll turn it around or fix it, but they might, uh, it might be some kind of a warranty. They can, you know, send it back to the supplier or whatever, but yeah, they, they should be aware of that. All right. Coming up. Uh, we appreciate the call Wayne and stay in touch with us. Uh, some of the, I mentioned this right at the beginning of the show, so I have to sneak it in here somewhere before we're out of time, which is like in a minute and a half. Some of the stuff coming to, uh, streaming sites, uh, tomorrow is June the 1st. Uh, so it'll be a whole new round of stuff coming up into each of the new platforms. Netflix is going to have, uh, the breakfast club from the eighties. How about that? Bruce almighty, uh, Dune, the 1984 version. Uh, Disney Channel folks, uh, Groundhog Day, Hook, The Italian Job, uh, Mean Girls, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, Stuart Little, Terminator 2 is among some of the stuff uh, going there. The new Max, it's not HBO, it's just Max now. You got Demolition Man, Dog Day Afternoon, that's pretty good. Some great stuff there. Uh, we'll have a link to ooh all the Police Academy movies. Come oh, on, nice. Max. Let's go. City Under Siege. All right. Th- th- I'll have a list of all the stuff coming to the streaming services starting in June, as well as links to stuff explaining this uh, the, the Montana TikTok bands and more of the stuff that we were talking about there. Everybody, have a great week. We will see you next Wednesday at 10 for more Everyday Tech on Think Radio. This is an MVB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mvbonline.org or download the MVB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone.